the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Ah, we're back. That's called a dry reentry. I think we all know a little bit about the dry reentries in life. Could use a little lube there, but we don't got it. Let's start with some headline news. <laughs> dream that I was doing headline news as Dan Rather with a stroke. It was hilarious in my head, but I can't recreate it for you. News for people with strokes? Hmm, I think I'd be kicked off radio pretty fast. So today, let's talk about headline news. Biotech companies, they're hoping that they have a new way of cleaning up the oil spill. This is something we've heard of in the past. Now, Fox News is Steve Harrigan. He looks at Ospray Biotechnics in Sarasota, Florida, one of several companies pitching a type of oil-eating bacteria to help in the cleanup. Their product, Munox, is made from naturally occurring microbes that break down oil that are then concentrated, fermented, and sprayed on the oil, a process called bioremediation. It's commonly used to clean up toxic industrial accidents, jet fuel spills, and brownfields. Is it me? Or shouldn't we, in the 21st century, have more of this available to us? Our skimming technology basically seems so 19th century shipping. Oil-eating bacteria was used to help clean up the Alaskan shoreline from the Exxon Valdez spill in 1989. Love the story, oil-eating bacteria. Next up, I am so tired of the story, but let's beat it in the ground. LeBron watch. It's a LeBronathon. It's continuing after the Cavaliers, the Nets, the Knicks, the Heat, the Bulls made their pitches to the free agent. Fox News Radio's Jennifer Kuyper in Chicago with more. Amari Stoudemire will play with the New York Knicks and says he's looking forward to rebuilding a franchise, maybe with LeBron James or Dwayne Wade by his side. Wade has been talking to Miami Heat management, and LeBron James has listened to pitches from several teams, but if he's made up his mind, he's not saying. Cleveland fans are trying to convince the Ohio native to stick around. Start here, stay here, play here. LeBron James wraps up his basketball camp Wednesday, and some think that's when he might make an announcement. Jennifer Kuyper, Fox News Radio. James, King James, just opened a Twitter account in the last 10 minutes. So look for his announcement, probably on Twitter. Again, probably going to be, I'll give it to Fox, I'm probably going to say it's going to probably be Wednesday. But interesting to know that LeBron James just opened a Twitter account, obviously as a form of communication. Next up, this is just ridiculous. The champion eater arrested after an annual Coney Island hot dog eating contest, now out of jail. Fox News Radio's Dave Anthony reports from New York. Takeru Kobayashi was let out of jail Monday morning in Brooklyn. The day after, he got in hot water at the annual Coney Island hot dog eating contest that he didn't take part in this year because of a contract dispute. In the heat of it, I jumped on the stage hoping that maybe because of the cheers, the Nathans would actually let him eat and prove that he was the champ. Instead, Kobayashi was busted, charged with trespassing and resisting arrest. And how's he feeling after a night in jail? He said he had um, a sandwich. Just one sandwich? Sandwich? Naturally, Kobayashi's translator says he was hungry. 
for hot dogs in New York. Dave Anthony, Fox News Radio. Now, I won't doubt that eating 59 hot dogs in 10 minutes, i.e. one hot dog every 10 seconds, is not a sport. It has to be a sport, but it's one of those sports that I can't watch without just getting that sick-to-my-stomach feeling. Just There's something wrong with a hot dog eating contest. Wings eating contest, fine. No problem with that. Eating other foods, fine, 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 fine. But hot dogs, just ugh, the whole bun thing, just, just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Next up, oh, and by the way, the Kobayashi thing, that was all PR. If you don't realize that was PR, you need to go in the Darwinian wood chipper. The reason he got arrested was so that we'd talk about him today. So that was all PR, nothing else. If you don't see that, you're a silly, silly person. Next up is Thrill Seekers Run with the Bulls in Spain this week. That's right, July 6th through July 14th, running with the Bulls. I've run with the Bulls before. Bullfighting could be banned in one region of the country, Spain. Fox News Radio's Pam Puso explains. The cobblestone streets of Pamplona coming alive as hordes of humans dodge the horns of bulls. But because of Spain's economic crisis, bull fighting is on the decline. And in one region, the country's national pastime could get gored for good. The number of bullfights is dropping as towns which subsidize the events struggle to maintain school funding, social programs, and road repairs. Later this month, in the northeast region of Catalonia, lawmakers will vote on a bullfighting ban. Pam Puso. Fox News Radio. I've actually extensively toured Spain and Portugal, and I don't remember which one, but in one country they kill the bull. The other country they just basically maim the bull. One is a little bit more decorative. One is a little bit more violent. Let me tell you this. A person could take a sword and put it through a bull's heart or a spear through his heart. That is a skill, because when you miss, it is the most horrific image in your life that will haunt you till the day you die. A quick kill... I appreciate a quick kill in this day and age because I've seen bulls die without the quick kill. I think in the 21st century, you could probably quit doing the bullfighting. I think we could probably say, eh, let's leave it for the big cities like Pamplona. Let's let's shut it down in the small cities. The small cities are just barbaric. And again, am I passing judgment because I'm a 21st century American dude who has a high quality of life? <laughs> I am passing judgment. Next up. Men taking drugs, by the way, Heidi has email, men taking drugs for sex function are at greater risk of sexual disease. Men who take drugs for sexual potency have almost triple the rate of sexually transmitted disease compared with those who don't take the medication. A Harvard University study looked at Cialis and Viagra and said the results may have more to do with the nature of the men using the drugs than with the drugs leading to riskier sex. The higher rate of infection was seen in the year before and after men started taking the medicines. It suggests that those who use the drugs may be more likely to engage in unsafe sex. Bill Vitka, Fox News Radio. Hmm. I got no comment on that story. If I were to have a comment, it would come out something kind of crude, like, I know a lot of guys who don't need sexual enhancing drugs for erectile dysfunction that take them anyway, because it gives them a little extra, extra, so to speak. And those are probably the people getting the sexual diseases. But I'm not going to make any comment. Just wouldn't be appropriate. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy with the phone calls. Um, let's talk about some of the other big stories that are out there today. BP, British Petroleum. Stock's moving higher today. Why is the stock moving higher? Well, because analysts are starting to see those relief wells that they're drilling are eventually going to get done. And they want to be in early. They don't mind being a month early. They don't mind being two months early. British Petroleum shares are up 6% today. There's multiple news reports suggesting the company will not issue new shares to cover the costs of the ongoing disaster um, in the Gulf of Mexico. So they're not going to issue shares and dilute shares. 
They're going to sell assets, it looks like. The stock was upgraded to buy today over at RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland. And finally, the company issued an update in a 6K filing this weekend, basically saying that you know the cost up to date so far is about $3.12 billion, including the cost of the spill response, containment, relief well drilling, grants to the Gulf states, claims paid, federal cost to date. The total volume of oil collected hits about 585,000 barrels. Work on the first well, uh, relief well, should be uh, finished in an appropriate one to no more than two months. So we're starting to see an, an end to the, the oil coming out. And that's why Wall Street's jumping on it a little bit early. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Let's go to Adrian and San Leandro. Adrian? Hey, Rob. Um, I was just kind of browsing around online, and I stumbled across this uh, article off of New York New York Times that was kind of like a doomsday stock, you know, stock article, and I just kind of wanted to uh, get your opinion on that. Typically what I do in these scenarios is I say, okay, that's your far-right scenario, or maybe it's your far-left scenario, depending on how you look at it. Now come up with a far-right scenario. Um, market goes to 35000 in the next 10 years. The truth is going to lie somewhere in the middle, Adrian. Um, how worked up do you personally get when you hear doom and gloom? It might play into your thoughts and or not. I saw that same exact story this morning, and I chose not to highlight it as wildly important because I don't want to get people freaked out or scared. Um, when it comes from me directly, people are going to say, wow, Rob's read this, and, and he's, he's a little freaked out by it. Um, but, yeah, it's in the New York Times, and it's talking about you know the the, the – the next uh, cycle down on the stock market is going to be pretty pretty harsh and pretty painful. But that's also tied towards Elliott Wave forecasting, and it's also tied towards analyzing the stock market back to 1873, which I don't think is appropriate in this day and age. Gotcha. Okay. So, well, appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. So anyway, thanks for the call. I don't get too worked up, I, I guess is the bottom line. There's a guy named Robert Prechter who he's made more wrong forecasts than right forecasts. Um, let's put it this way, a, a broken clock's right twice a day. You know, you've heard that statement. Uh, when he does tend to be right, he tends to highlight and tout it. Um, he thinks individual investors should move completely out of the market, hold cash and cash equivalents or treasury bills for years to come. He thinks people are going to get devastated in what's going to be worse in the Great Depression. Um, you know, I, I think there's some issues. You know, I, I certainly think there's some issues. I think we're moving back towards a normal market at this point in time. I think we've lived through a pretty good correction. I think we've lived through a pretty good recession. And I think every 10 years you're going to say that statement out loud, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, Robert Prechter, I'm fascinated by, I guess, his doom and gloominess. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Coming up, I'm going to talk with David Lillianstein about insurance. He's an attorney. Have you ever filed an insurance claim and got turned down? We're going to talk about that. It's a big part of money. It's a big part of investing. It's a big part of your nest egg. 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money, 910 AM. Your exclusive home for Fox News Radio. This is Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. And now, Rob Black. 800-345-5639. The next couple segments, I'm going to have sitting with me a lawyer. If you have a question for a lawyer, don't be shy. His name's David Lillianstein. If you've listened to me in the past or watched my TV show, you know who he is. He's one of those lawyers that I like. In large part, he's a consumer advocate. I think that's fair to say. And he's going after insurance companies, which for the first half of my life, I never needed an insurance um, lawyer. In the last three to six months, I've needed an insurance lawyer twice. 
out of nowhere it's starting to crop up in my life. So it's interesting to know. Sometimes there's there's experts that you need. Sometimes that you don't even know that you need, but you should have them on the ready and on the will and on the call, so to speak. So, David, how are you? I'm doing great, Rob. I was glad to be back here. Thanks for having me. Now, did I describe you about right? An insurance attorney, an attorney who goes basically after insurance companies for individuals? That's it. That's all I do. I sue insurance companies, represent people in claims. If you have a problem with an insurance company, chances are you may, you're going to need a lawyer, and uh, that's what my firm does. We help people out. Now, let's talk about some of the, the situations along these lines. And uh, again, oftentimes, David, I say managing what you own, just as important as managing what you owe. You have to have a 401k, you have to have a nest egg, you have to have the right insurance in life, you have to have the right investments, you have to have the right debt, college debt's good debt, mortgage debt, good debt, credit card, bad debt. So there's a lot of components to being financially healthy. But every now and then, when you, like I say, only buy insurance that... and you, only buy insurance on things that you can't afford to lose and only make claims when you truly it's a real claim don't make a like a hundred dollar claim don't don't ding the door don't waste your time you know you have deductibles anyway so you make the hundred dollar claim even the thousand dollar claim you're not going to get anywhere maybe you'll get the check maybe your rates go up no you can't have insurance for really the long haul uh you know, once upon a time, people had insurance for just about anything. But the way the industry has gone, the way the claims of getting paid out have gone, people think now of insurance as the last resort. I only have it if I really, really, really need it. So, you know, you have that $1,000 car crash. Most people don't file claims anymore. Maybe they should. Maybe they shouldn't. Who knows? But they certainly don't because they just think it's too hard. It's sort of like fighting City Hall. You don't want to fight City Hall. You don't want to fight your insurance company. So, David, I gave up a real-life example, and this should be a, a good way for people to start thinking about, hey, if Rob Black can get screwed, I can get screwed, too. Um, I have a rental property in North Carolina, and when my last tenant moved out, uh, the, the rental company went in and looked around, and they saw some water damage by the dishwasher, and they basically said, you know, hey, we can get this repaired for you. Maybe you'll want to file a claim because there was some hose underneath the sink. It leaked. It did some damage to the wood floor. Um, and ultimately, I said, go ahead, file the claim for me. Here's my property man. Here's my insurance company. Um, auto homeowners insurance. Don't even know who they are. Don't really do business with them. It's auto. It's just automatically part of my payment. So my rental company said it's a $10,000 fixer. And because there was water on the wood, he said, you know what I really suggest is let's just put tile in the kitchen. It'll look better. It'll be easier to care for. So I said, okay, file a claim for 10000 Next thing I know, about a month later, and they went ahead and did the work. Next thing I know, about a month later, um, the insurance company says, we're only going to approve 2500 And I'm like, uh-oh, contractor, I owe him 10000 Surprise, surprise. Insurance company gives me a check for 2500 So I'm under 20, I'm, I get 25% of what I thought. And then the two of them start fighting. And I, I gave you an email chain of, you know, she goes out, she looks at the damage, she says 2500 She says, let's, let's sand down the whole house's floors to make them all look crappy um, to match the crappy replacement that I paying 2500 for instead of the new wood. Do you see where I'm going at with this? Absolutely. You know, I mean, this, this happens all the time. And the fact is, at least you're tenacious enough, you're smart enough, you're educated enough to fight back a little bit. A lot of people aren't able to do that. And the thing is, insurance companies are patient. They can wait as long as you can and a lot longer. So the question is, how much do you want to fight it? Well, to me, <laughs> I, I don't really care. As long as the contractor's willing to say that he did $10,000 work for 2500 and if he wants to write off a loss, that's fine. But I told him, don't do any work that's not approved. So 
that, well, that's exactly what you should say. That's exactly the way to handle it because, you know, sometimes contractors are out there, you know, think of the auto dealer, the auto uh, repair shop, you know, they're going to get as much as they possibly can from the insurance company. But if you tell them in advance, I'm not paying any more the insurance company paid, then at least they're on notice. And that's exactly the way to handle it. And one other thing you bring up here, you know, they already paid you a little bit. Very often, you got to watch out. Insurance companies will write you a check and it'll say full and final payment, claim settlement. You you think, oh, okay, they're paying me for what I need, and if I need more, they'll give me more. They say, "Uh uh-uh, you cash that check, you're out. It looks like in your situation, Rob, you're not going to get stuck with that, but that happens a lot. So the way I fought it was I documented everything. I got notaries where I was supposed to get notaries. I took half day off from radio so I can go get this crap fixed and and taken care of. It was worth, you know, $10,000 for me to take a half day to work with it, but it stinks. Um, what happens here? Let's say I hit a wall. Insurance says, nope, 2500 That's as much as we're willing to do. Contractor says, 10000 Rob, you owe me because I did the work. Uh, what happens here? Do I get sued by the, the contractor? Do I continue to let this let the two of them fight it out? Do I go, you know, uh, sanding down the whole house floors isn't getting me back to whole? It's not, you know, making the insurance claim right. It's, it's, it's a crap fix. Uh, where do I go from here if, if it stalls? Well, you know, the, the point is to be smart going in so it doesn't stall. And you did exactly what you're supposed to do. You document everything. How many people forget to document? How many people call me and say, you know, I talked to the insurance company. I told them this. I told them that. They told me they were going to do it, but they never did it. I said, do you have anything in writing? They say no. Well, you know where that's going to go. You took a half day off. How many people have the chance, have the time, want to take a half day off to deal with it? That's what you did right, and that's what people always have to understand when dealing with insurance companies. You don't just ask them for money. You don't just file a claim. You document it. You give them what they need. Then you don't get stuck in a situation where someone's done some work. They want money from you. The insurance company's not paying enough. Um, I'm about done with this process, though. Hopefully. Hopefully. But if not, would I hire someone like you? Is is $7,500 enough to hire an attorney? Is that is that at a point where it, it pays for itself? No, not at all. Usually so. not. Now, of course, you know, you're Rob Black, so the world will, will, will jump to your feet to help you out. But, no, that that's the other big thing. These A lot of small claims. Think health care claims. $7,500 is a small claim deal. $7,500 is a tiny claim okay. to me. Most attorneys I know, they don't take claims until they're close to six figures, if not high wow. five figures. Well, the problem is, I'll spend if I spend that half day working for you, most of the money you're going to get is going to come to me. I don't want a situation where I'm successful, I get you exactly what you want, but you pay me all that money in attorney's fees. It doesn't help anybody out. Where would you go if you were me and I didn't have a famous friend like you? Well, smaller claims, there's always small claims court. Okay. You know, uh, you know, I'll always help someone out. I'll talk to them for a half hour. I'll talk to them for an hour on the phone. I'll help help them walk them through the process if they need it. Um, but often, you just have to write those letters. You know, I will direct you if you're willing to spend the time. If you're willing to spend the time, you can probably get it done. If you need a lawyer to write a letter, sometimes I just get pissed off at what's happening, and I'll write a letter for someone, no charge. Um, There are pro bono legal clinics out there. There are bar associations out there. There is free legal work out there, but you have to search for it. Okay. Now, let's talk about another example, because this is something that's come into my life, where healthcare. I've never had a problem with healthcare. They always paid my insurance claims. I never had anything dramatic done. And then, you know, if you have a baby, you know, there's there's an anesthesiologist comes in the room just to look at the, the, the woman, 
and that's a $5,000 bill, and the anesthesiologist doesn't work with a hospital, so the hospital sends you a bill for the anesthesiologist. The, the insurance turns it down because you should have used the hospital anesthesiologist. It, it gets frustrating when you have bigger hospital bills. How do you fight those? Because we're stupid, David. We're, we just go to the doctor, and we trust, here's my card, here's my insurance card. It, 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 my deductible's $1,500 for the year. I'm good on anything over that. And that's not the case. It's the exact same thing. You have to fight, fight, fight. First, you have to know your policy, obviously. Know what your limits are. Know what your deductible is. Know how much you're going to have to pay out of out of, out of pocket. Know what those co-pays are. Uh, but you know what? The, we had a, My wife had a baby. We had a baby. I don't think I ever received as many bills in the mail from the hospital, the anesthesiologist. You make the phone call. You fight it. And usually, one or two calls can get most claims resolved, especially the little claims. But when you start talking tens and twenty thousands of dollars, um, then you have a problem. Then the insurance company is going to fight back, and they're going to make it hard for you. I spent a year and a half representing someone just to get about fifty thousand dollars in bills uh, finally wiped off the books. It happened. I was successful. But phone call after phone call, they do it. You appeal to one rep, then you appeal to another rep, and then another rep seems to not know anything about what the previous rep did. It, you know, it, it's pretty crazy. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole appeals process of insurance, and you'll give some more insight into when the insurance company is trying to hose you and how you can fight back. Absolutely. People want to call in 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Don't be shy with the phone calls if you're out of the area. It's 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Or if you're fast with email, send it to me right now, and I'll get it in front of David in the next three minutes. Rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money, your exclusive home for Fox News Radio. This is Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9, 10 a.m. And now, it's business time. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. It's business. So during the commercial break, sometimes it's the best show possible. One of the things that I want to do... I'm going to talk with management in the next couple of days is try to get live mics during the commercials and live cameras because the dirty, filthy stuff that comes out of Heidi's mouth is amazing. She's so dainty, prim, and proper, but, man, she's filthy when she's uh, off air, so to speak. Okay, I'm projecting. It's me, David. But you and I, we're, we're just sitting there talking Sharks hockey for the last three minutes, Canadian hockey, you know, talking our stuff. Got to love the Sharks. Got to love the Olympics. Go Team Canada. Go Team USA. Hey, what more do you want? Canada-U.S. final. I think an open mic would be wonderful. But um, off topic, off topic, you and I were also talking about uh, content for insurance. You, you're basically an attorney who sues insurance companies, or not sues, but holds their feet to the fire and say, pay what you said you are going to pay. And, and some people in society probably don't like you. Some people in society probably think you're a hero. So you kind of, you kind of got that attorney stigma, but also helping the people positive. Hey, you know, if the insurance company does things right, then they don't need me. No one needs me. I'm fine. But the fact is, uh, that's not the way it works. Insurance companies very often use their claims department to make money, and that's not the way it's supposed to work. Claims get paid because they're legitimate, because every claim gets looked at in and of itself, not in a context of do we need to close out a bunch of claims because it's the end of the month and we've got to make our numbers. That's when things get ugly, and that's when the only people who are going to fix it are the attorneys, because you know what? The government's not going to fix it. And you, you know what I found as I'm getting older, David, is that for small stuff, insurance companies just, eh, they don't care. They really don't. I've got a PPO, and I was telling you. I, I've always hated HMOs. Hate HMOs. Just hate the idea. Don't like 
people, yuck, I don't want to wait, I want to go to any doctor I want to go to. But then I found that PPOs really aren't going to any doctor you want to. There's, there's, They want to keep you in their the little circuit of their little doctor. So it's kind of like a glorified HMO. PPOs used to be powerful. Now they're kind of like glorified HMOs, and that's not what I'm paying for. No, PPO is they're still the network. Are you in the network? Are you out of the network? You got to be careful. You can't just go and get something done because you might get that bill in the mail because the insurance company decided you didn't need it. And then, I mean, look at these policies. You got a hundred-page policy. Are you supposed to read a hundred-page policy? It's hard enough for me to read someone's hundred-page policy. Twenty-five of those pages are exclusions. You can't do this. You can't do that. This is experimental. Your mental health issues. You know, whatever it is, you, you don't know that exclusion is there until you get that letter in the mail saying, guess what? We're not going to pay for that. I should mention who this is, by the way. It's David Lillianstein. He is with DL Law Group. DL Law Group. So that's his web group. Um, you can find him online at insurancelawexperts.com, insurancelawexperts.com. I'm going to give out his toll-free number in a couple minutes. He's a Bay Area, um, not native, but he's a Bay Area attorney, and he's a good friend of mine, and I've known him for a long time, and I highly endorse, if you feel like you're getting screwed by the insurance company, contact him. He'll, I'm not going to say he'll work for free, but he'll listen to you and tell you if you've got a claim or not. And uh, he'll say, you know, I can't help you because it's too small. Go here and do it yourself. Do it this way. So I like that. We got an email for you, David, that says, my employer self-insures my health insurance. I have concerns that this could be a privacy issue. Does being self-insured allow my employer to become aware of my personal health issues? And can health issues be a legal reason to deny someone a job? Well, on the second question, absolutely not. And of course, it depends on what the health issues are. If you have health issues and your insurance company denies you, uh, you call your lawyer right away. That is almost certainly illegal. You don't get to do that. Uh, on the issue of privacy, uh, if you don't have to sue your your uh, uh, your insurance company, then for the most part, your personal life, your prescriptions, your drugs, your treatment, all that medical care is between you and your insurance company. The problem comes when you have to fight, you have to sue, you have to file a lawsuit to get a claim paid. Then, unfortunately, you have to sue the plan. So if you work for Ace Hardware, the Ace Hardware Healthcare Plan, they're going to be a part of the lawsuit, and they can find out um, what has happened. It shouldn't be that way. And, yes, there are tons of protections out there. Um, but when you have to file a lawsuit, sometimes things get public when they shouldn't. Now, what's interesting to note is today is the, the day where we're going to start changing the healthcare system in the United States, where if you're uninsurable for some reason, you can now start trying to figure out if you're insurable. How did the whole Obama health care plan, is it going to change your life? Is it going to make you richer as an attorney, or is it going to make you poorer because it's more universal? I think it will have virtually no change at all. You know, everybody wants to wail on this health plan. Uh, you know, the fact that people with pre-existing conditions are now covered is the biggest single change you could possibly ask for in health care in this country. So kudos on that. Everything else, is, or a lot of it is not going to go into effect until 2014 anyway. So there's plenty more time to come. And you know that uh, Congress is going to be going all over the place. Some people are going to try and repeal stuff, change it, modify it. You know the industry is in there lobbying. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes. The issues that we're talking about here today, insurance companies billing you because they don't want to pay for your care, that's not going to change. Interesting to note. Now, um, again, you were talking about we're talking about pre-existing conditions and, and how they play out and don't. I've actually got a friend of mine whose uh, his son was born with his, on his penis. The hole isn't exactly where it's supposed to be. It's a little bit lower. Um, mm-hmm. Kid could pee normally. Everything urine's fine. Penis works as it's supposed to. It's just the hole's a little bit. It's not center bullseye. It's a little off center. Kid can't get health insurance. Can you imagine, David, having a, a kid born with a slight genetic defect like that and an insurance company saying, sorry, we think maybe there could be something wrong elsewhere? 
You know, if we lived in some other country, I could believe it. The fact that this can happen in the United States of America, that a child can't get health care because of that, uh, it's, it's really beyond the pale. And then on top of it, you know, uh, cerebral palsy and, you know, real issues versus the, the pee hole issues of not being able to get insurance because you're born with a condition. So, well, you know, and then there, you know, people, uh, with kids who have autism, you know, there's all kinds, a whole range of autistic, uh, issues that kids can have. A lot of them can't get coverage. They should, the law says they should, but just because the law says they should doesn't mean the insurance company is going to, going to treat it that way. Interesting. Um, I'm on the fence on ADD these days. So well, it's not say you know it's ADD, but you know autism. There's a big there's a big range there, and you know if the process is gone through properly, if the doctors analyze the child, if the child has certain tests, if there are clear developmental problems. Let's talk about some of the 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 ABCs, one two threes of of dealing with insurance companies. How long? Let's say you have a claim, and in my case, I had a renter move out. My rental company said, "Hey, look, there's damage there. I don't know when the damage happened. Damage could happen a year ago." When I was filing my claim, I was like, "I better put the most recent date possible on this claim because I don't want them thinking that I should have done it a year ago when I only have 60 days to file the claim." What's the date? What's the timeliness of filing a claim with insurance companies? Where are we at with that? Very, very good question. Uh, it depends on what kind of policy you have. Um, Often it doesn't matter as long as the insurance company has not been prejudiced. And that means, you know, if suddenly the doctors are no longer around or the person who did the damage can't be found because you waited two years, uh, if there's no way for the insurance company to verify what happened, then you probably waited too long. If you have a house claim, uh, property damage, you, for the most part, you have to file your claim within a year. Once again, the insurance company doesn't want to get hit with claims two years down the road uh, when you can barely verify it. Uh, the best advice I can give is put the insurance company on notice, even if you don't have everything you need to support the claim. Tell the company, hey, this is what happened. I got a claim. I can't give you everything now. I'll get you what I can when I need to, uh, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm able to. But get them on notice now so that they can't say down the line, we didn't know. What happens if you don't know where you really stand? For instance, and this is hypothetical. I don't want people thinking I'm a freak, but... I got a little bump on my arm, and I go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you know, that could be herpes. And I go, aren't herpes usually elsewhere? And he goes, well, sometimes you may get it on your lips or your arms, depending on how freaky you are. And I go, okay, let's get it checked. And then the insurance company says, denied, because herpes on your arm not going to kill you. It's not going to just, you know, anything like that. Where, where do you balance? Can you ever hold your doctor accountable and said that was a dumb test? Can you side with the insurance company, or, or is that just useless and inane? You can tell the insurance company, but uh, yeah, do you want to sue your doctor? That, that that's not a smart yeah. move. You're stuck with the bill. Well, do you want to change doctors? You know, okay. that's that's the question. You know, you are going to get stuck with the bill, uh, and you can fight it. And the question is, is it medically necessary? Uh, is it uh, is it cosmetic? I mean, look, if uh, if someone wants a breast reduction. Maybe their policy doesn't cover that because that's specifically excluded from the policy. That's cosmetic. If you want Botox, I don't expect my insurance company to cover that. But if you have a specific defect that needs fixing, to me, that's medically necessary. and It's got to get fixed. David, what's the best way for people to contact you? Uh, two ways. Phone number 877-LAW-2911 
or through www.insurancelawexperts.com. Insurancelawexperts.com. With, with a plural there, experts. Experts. Gotcha. And you actually respond to your emails, which is uh, one of the nicer things. Um, I do. You do. I remember that. Many, many years I've known you. The phone number is 877-LAW-2911. That's 877-LAW-2911. If you can't remember this, just contact me and I'll get you David's information. He'll be back on in a couple months talking insurance issues. 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. to Rob Black and Your Money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 9, 10 a.m. Rob Black and Your Money Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I tried to pack in, max out your 401k, trust the stock market in the long term, don't trust in the short term, don't buy individual stocks, accumulate indexes. That's what I try to start with. But then on occasion, I talk about home prices and mortgages. It's important. On occasion, we talk about insurance. I like term life insurance. I don't like variable or whole life. I've grown to distrust insurance companies a little bit more as I get older. Not because I'm that cranky old guy, but because I've learned from experience that it's a big, it's a big not windfall, but it plays to your life. It plays hugely into your life. Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Big rumor out there that's Google, and let's say it, on, let's say it, great Google of Mooglita. There's a big rumor out there, and it's not that big of a rumor, that Google is in a big clash of the titans with Facebook. You know, when you go to Facebook, a lot of people are spending more time searching on Facebook now than searching on Google. So when you go to Facebook, Google doesn't like that. Google's got a social site that's popular in Brazil. I can't make this up. Not that popular, though, anywhere else in the world. So they got basically about 1% to 2% of the social market. Facebook has the rest, it feels like. Now, CEO of Dig, a guy named Kevin Rose, he recently tweeted Google to launch Facebook competitor very soon called Google Me. Very credible source. Now, a couple days later, that's off his Twitter page. So Google is going to go after Facebook. Facebook's going to come public, and it's going to be huge. Will it last? I don't know. Google's got YouTube. Google's got Picasa. they got Blogger. they got Google Latitude. they got Google Profiles. they got great Google Storage. Can Google take on Facebook? Can they take the flaws of Facebook, the sins of Facebook, and fix it? I would be interested in that. I know Heidi my lovely and talented producer, she would be interested in a non-Facebook competitor. There's those of us out there who who don't like Facebook, and we're only a part of it because we're kind of being dragged along. Although Heidi is a total sellout playing Farmville and Mafia Wars. She used to laugh at people who played Farmville, and now she is a Farmville farmer herself. I find that sad and pathetic. Welcome to the 21st century of disappointment. Let's go to Raymond in Oakland. Raymond? Have you t- have you talked about the new 1099 reform- reporting requirements in the, the health care bill? No. So I'm a small businessman, and you know, I'm uh, according to this new law, I'm looking at filing at least 100 1099s where I had to file none before. Okay. Um, I'll look into it. I don't know if it's going to fit into my show, but I'll look into it. So you're basically saying the health care... Reform bill is going to cause um, extensive paperwork for you and your firm. Well, um, you know, right now uh, you have to file a 1099 for every uh, contract employee that you pay $600 a year. Sure. The law 
Now you have to file a 1099 for every vendor, uh, which means if I buy paper and light bulbs, I'm going to have to file a 1099 for the paper store. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a little bit on that. Exclude corporations. I'm seeing a little bit on that as far as beginning in 2012 that you're going to be required to do it. Um, a lot more paperwork for the individual investor. Probably will have a lot of businesses start out of this thanks to the call. It's a, a mandate inside the health care reform. Businesses will be required to report all payments in excess of $600. Under the new law, businesses will be required to send a 1099 to other businesses for virtually all purchases. Um, for the first time, 1099s are going to be sent to, to corporations. This is a huge imposition of American business costs in the private economy. Probably um, an additional tax the IRS may collect as a result. The health care bill aims to collect lost revenue from companies that underreport on their tax returns. Provisions expected to raise $17 billion over 10 years. So it looks like it's going to hurt you and the small business. So thanks for pointing that out, Raymond. Not sure what I can else I could add to that as far as color commentary goes other than um, I'm not really liking what's happened in the first two years of the president's term as far as business angles. From an international perspective, he's pretty beloved. Our last president was pretty much so ridiculed and joked. So internationally, I think he's improved our image, whether you like it or not. Some people would say that he's improved our image with our enemies, making us look weaker. Um, I don't know. The only thing I really comment on, and I just want to shut up right now, the only thing I really ever want to comment on is the business ramifications. I don't want to get too Democrat, careful. Democrat, me out. Was that our little boy Cartman? I think I have a fantasy life where I'm married to Heidi and we have a child, Cartman. Because I think she wants Cartman, and I think I want Cartman as a son. So um, wouldn't Cartman be the best son in the world to have? I don't know. Eating cheesy poofs sitting on a couch? Life could get no better. Anyway, um, let's talk investments. There's a company called Shuffle Master. And this is a company that I've known for many, 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 many years. Shuffle Master, what do they make? They basically make slot machines. And through the years, the business models changed enormously. And this is one of those companies that I'm going to tell you, I kind of got, I kind of got smoked on. I didn't see the change in the business model of slot machines. Now, you can, like, believe it or not, the number one slot machine right now is Sex in the City. And you understand that slot machines have to be updated on a regular basis because of that. The Sex in the City movie is popular right now with women. So women go to Vegas, women go to Indian casinos. What more pot? Like, hey, I want to win money for shoes. And that's that's what the slot machine says. Mr. Big, when you win money on a slot machine, goes, hey, darling, you just won $600. You're going to be able to buy a fabulous pair of shoes. So you get the idea that it's appealing to women, right? And you get the idea that, you know, at some point in time, we're fascinated in society with Paris Hilton. So there will be a Paris Hilton slot machine. The, the goal on casinos is they want to get us to put our money in the machine, right? Totally, totally logical. Totally makes sense to you. Now this stock has gone from forty bucks to four bucks, four bucks to eight bucks because there's something massively happened that changed. What is it? The industry, the gaming industry, and gaming is a way of saying casinos and gambling, basically said. We want to start leasing your machines instead of owning your machines. So we're not going to throw away the machine after three months. We're going to give it back to you after three months. And that leasing model totally changed the business model of Shuffle, Shuffle Master. So I never saw leasing coming in as a dominant change in the industry, but it did. Now, Shuffle Master also had, you know, when you play like Wheel of Fortune, 
and all the 10 casinos locally have a link. So there's a jackpot with 10 casinos, and you see that jackpot rolling higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. So they basically put the Internet into slot machines. Shuffle Master gets a piece of that action. When a pot's $1.4 million, they get a piece of that action. So that was like, hey, that's a great story. They, casinos have to replace their equipment every three months. Hey, they've got no other competition out there. Hey, they get a piece of the action on these 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 pooled um, you know returns on as far as the pots go. But then the industry completely changed, and I was like, oh, screwed. Now, again, on one hand, you go, U.S. economy, U.S. budgets stink, right? State of New Jersey, state of Pennsylvania, state of California. Deficit, 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 deficit. Cut teachers, cut firemen, cut firefighters. We hear it everywhere, right? So how do we fix that? Well, you start taxing people in taxes that you've never seen before. And one area that you can make a lot of money is casinos. Now, in California, we kind of sold out to the Indians. We basically said, we're not going to have any private businesses do the casinos. We're going to let the Indians do the casinos, the Indian casinos. And the Indian casinos, they have to give more and more on a regular basis to the United States, to the state of California, in large part to help satisfy that kind of monopoly that they got. So more and more states are saying, you know what, we don't like gambling, but we're going to improve gambling, whether it be at airports or whether it be in restaurants. Like if you go up to Oregon, isn't that isn't going to Oregon just weird when you could like start gambling? You can bet on on dogs in bars. And for the record, betting on dogs is probably the most brutal, brutal betting that you could possibly do. Um, I know, I know you're saying, Rob, I like to bet on horses, but betting on dogs at dogs tracks, like that's just tough. Like you can't possibly, you can't possibly have enough scope of knowledge to be consistently good at that. Other than the fact that you tend to never want to go for the horse on the inside or the horse on the outside. That's what I, I mean, that's, that's the, the methodology that I've been told. So anyway, more and more states are going to need money. So the fundamental story is there, but then, damn it. The business model changed. It moved towards a leasing model instead of an owning model. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. 800-345-5639. I got a new business clock today, so I got to keep an eye on that clock to make sure that I do everything right. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.